This is the Paycheck to Daycheck Reselling Podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Ashley. Together, we have been making money online collectively for over 10 years. Our mission is to help you start, learn, and grow a reselling business and to inspire you to turn your paycheck into a daycheck. The world is changing and we want to help you change with it. Welcome back to another episode of the Paycheck to Daycheck podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the pros and cons of joining a leads group or a bolo group. And I'm sure if you've been in the reselling community for a little while, you have probably seen advertisements or people talking about these groups. And maybe you're wondering what they are, how they work. Is it for me? Is it not for me? What should I do? So this is this is a good time of year to start considering this because I feel like a lot of the people that run these groups, um, they start pushing them more and more like around Q4, like right before Q4, um, because this is the time of year when I feel like they're most successful. You can get the most benefit out of them uh, and that sort of thing. So, you know, there's a lot of them out there to choose from. I'm sure there's more than Liz and I have even come across in our time in this community but we have had the opportunity to join multiple of these groups and experience, you know, the different sides like um, eBay groups, Amazon groups, um, like all kinds of different things. So we wanted to give you guys some of the pros and cons from our opinion um, of joining one of these groups as it can be quite costly um, if, you know, depending on the group that you pick. Um, and hopefully, you know, this information that we provide you guys will help you in making the decision that's best for you. Let's start out with some of the pros. So the first one I feel anyway is this is the biggest one for me um, is having a community around you. So I love having a community of like-minded people around me. It's so inspiring. Um, you know, when I worked in the car business, I became very close to the people that I worked with. They're like, it's like a little family. You know, you all are experiencing the same thing. You're going through the same things. You are having the same issues, the same problems. You're experiencing the same wins and successes. So that bonds you together quite quickly. And you're also spending a lot of time together. Uh, same thing with these groups. You know, if you if it's on like an app or housed in a specific place, like a, a Facebook group or a Discord group or something like that, you know, you're in this one specific area with all of these people, probably multiple times a day, maybe for hours a day, you know, hours a week. And um, you're going through the same things and experiencing the same things, like I said. So that tends to bond people together uh, pretty quickly and pretty tightly. So for me, I love having a group of people around me like that, that you can kind of commiserate with and bounce ideas off of. And you know that they're going to understand what you're experiencing because they are likely experiencing the same thing or have in the past. That was also my favorite thing about the leads group that we were in. Also, I would get so excited. Like every week I looked forward to like the Zoom call that we would do and seeing everyone because you got to know everybody in the group. You looked forward to that. Like they became part of like your reselling family. And it just really made me excited for whatever day the Zoom call was going to be, to see those people, to check in, you know, and how was their week, you know, ask questions. I mean, that was definitely the biggest benefit of being in the leads group for me personally, especially because when we were in the leads group, it was during COVID, you know, we weren't going out and sourcing. That was just a place where I 
got to interact with people, you know, because I wasn't going out and I wasn't seeing people. So that was just nice to have that there. But like, going back to how you say the like-minded people, that is part of the best part about the community because it's set up as like a reselling group. So there's going to be other resellers in there. So they're going to understand what you're going through on a daily basis, some of the struggles you're going to have. You can share your successes and really interacting with those people is beneficial. It motivates it, it inspires you. And that's kind of why we wanted to have the podcast was to build a community. And that's why we have our Facebook group of the day checkers. And I think it's especially helpful if you don't have anyone in your, you know, quote unquote, real life, you know, um, that understands reselling or is a reseller, or maybe you have people that they just don't get it at all. And maybe are even slightly negative towards the whole idea of it. Um, it's really nice to have that group that you can bounce back to that they do get it, like I said. So that was definitely one of the biggest pluses for me is the community. All right. Another pro would be the leads. And you put in parentheses, hopefully. <laughs> so the leads are definitely, that's a plus, that's a pro. Um, having all the leads in one place is beneficial. So if you're unfamiliar with leads groups, if you're in that group, the expectation is that everybody kind of helps each other find leads. So a lead might be an item that you found out in the wild that is profitable that other people can also most likely find. So that could be, I'll share the lead because I've sh shared it before, but one of the leads in the lead group we were in, I had no idea that Wheaties boxes with celebrities on them tend to sometimes be profitable. So there was one lead that was shared in the group and it was a LeBron James Wheaties box. It's no longer profitable, but at the time it was. So somebody shared it and they're like, if you guys can go out and you can find this lead, you will make a lot of money on the cereal box. So that was one of the leads that we got. That's the benefit of being in a leads group is you know where the leads are going to be within that group. So the one we were in, it was a discord. So there was a, there's different channels in the group. So there might be eBay leads, Amazon leads, maybe Facebook marketplace leads, whatever is in that group. But you would know to go to that tab and you can check all the leads that are in there. So there's so many leads that will be posted every day or every week. And then also other people can share leads within the community. Yeah. So it's definitely convenient to have everything in one place. Like Liz said, you know where to go to look for leads and it's saving you time doing the research yourself because it's kind of being done for you sort of. But with that being said, even though it's being done for you, you still need to do your own research and make sure that the sell-through rate matches what you want it to be. Um, it matches your buying criteria. It's just nice to have access to all of that um, in one spot. And it's also nice to have kind of like first access. I don't want to say that the group that you might find yourself in will always be like first to know about a bolo item or a hot item or a lead or whatever it is, but they're probably going to be one of the first. The thing is, is that a lot of this information gets like passed around and they're they, the admins of the group might be sourcing the information from the same place, like um, like uh, tactical arbitrage, for example. I know a lot of you know leads groups use tactical arbitrage. So if they're all using that product to source their method, leads, right? If they're all using that method to source their leads, or at least some of their leads, then 
they're probably going to find the same lead like pretty quickly, you know, right at one right after the other, you know. So just because your group is the first to find this profitable lead doesn't mean that the next group isn't going to be like two hours behind you. Um, they just haven't run their tactical arbitrage search yet, you know. Um, so it's 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 interesting to um, have that um, advantage of being one of the first before everyone else in the community kind of finds out about it um, from like, you know, someone leaking the information on Instagram or whatever. Um, it does have its advantages. But again, you just have to be careful watching the sell through rate, watching how many are being listed and how quickly they're being listed and um, making sure that that information or the leads match your buying criteria. And that was one of the mistakes I made. I I guess I didn't understand at first when I joined a leads group. I, I just assumed I should buy everything that was in there. And I didn't understand that, you know, they're putting leads in the group, but I needed to be the one that was double checking, like you said, checking the sell through rate. Does it meet what you want to buy? Because there were some people with unlimited capital, they didn't care if their margins were 5%. They didn't care if they were making a dollar or two on an item. They were going to buy it and they were going to flip it. Me, on the other hand, I found out real quick that I just wasn't, I wasn't doing my due diligence and I wasn't researching on my own. So if you are going to join a leads group and you see leads, double check them. And also with that, you're going to learn how leads work and how you know reselling works. Because if you're going to look at an, a lead, why did they put it in there? What was attractive? Was it because it had a really high sales rank on Amazon and it was going to sell very fast? Was it because it could be something you could buy and then bundle it in a pack of two or a pack of four? So there's reasons why they're putting the leads in the group. Not all the leads are going to be good. And that's just being honest. So if you are going to join one, just make sure that you're double checking the leads that you do get. Right. And, you know, just because it might not be a good lead for my business, or your business doesn't mean it's not a good lead for someone else's business. But that's just, you know, back to the the main point of just checking and making sure that you're that the lead matches what is best for your business and your buying criteria. The next pro of being in a leads group would be it's way easier to stay on top of trends. So it's easier to notice what's trending because people will be sharing that information in the group. On Instagram, I follow Thrift the Travel. We've had Jen on the podcast. She's amazing. Her niche is discontinued items. I don't have enough time to do my research, so I pay for her subscription so I can kind of see what she is finding. And she finds a lot of stuff that gets discontinued right away. So that's a you know, that's something that is kind of trending. Like this item is going to be very attractive because it got discontinued and there's going to be less and less of them out there for buyers to buy. And people like their products. They like their lotions. They like a, a scent of a candle. And when those items get discontinued, there is a huge demand for them, which then in turn in the market raises that price. Same with in a leads group, you're going to be able to stay on certain trends. Maybe there's something happening on TikTok. Like there was, there's a lot of influencers that might share different products that then people go crazy over and they start buying. So trends are something that you can stay on top of, but who has time to do that? That's the good thing about being in a leads group is people are kind of doing the work for you and you can just go in there and, and see what, what information is out there. Yeah. I think uh, it's, 
easier to find out that information when everyone is, you know, you it's impossible for me to consume all of the content that's out there about things that are trending right now. But if I consume a little bit and you consume a little bit and the next person consumes a little bit and then we have, you know, three topics that are trending or three things that are trending and then we share them all in one spot, that's like an easy digestible way of consuming this information instead of spending hours on TikTok or Instagram looking through all of these reels and videos and stuff. That makes it much more, um, like I said, digestible. So it's just easier to stay on top of that stuff when you have all these people coming together and sharing the information in one spot. All right. So the next pro is learning how to source on your own. So if you're in a good group, um, you're going to eventually learn how to source on your own instead of just solely depending on the leads that are provided for you from said group. Um, you're going to learn you know, what niches you enjoy sourcing and what niches you enjoy listing. Um, and you're going to learn and you're also going to learn, you know, what you what you don't like. So from the group that we were in first, I learned that I really enjoyed sourcing and listing toys, which I've talked about a million times on here, as well as like Halloween and Christmas, like decor and stuff like that. I love that stuff. Whereas when I was just doing, you know, like thrifting and selling clothes, I had no idea that I really didn't think about buying like retail items and reselling them for a higher amount of money. Like I just didn't think that was a possibility. It never crossed my mind. Like why would people pay more money than what they're selling for at retail and like Home Depot? You know, like to me that just seems crazy. But I've learned like over the years of doing this that you just don't question it. It's like it is what it is because there's supply and demand issues and especially, you know, during COVID times, like the whole supply chain thing influx of um, inventory in one area of the country, whereas the other area had none of these specific items. So there's all different kinds of things that go into this. But learning how to find these items on your own, like let's talk about, you know, Halloween items like uh, blow molds, for example, right? So blow molds are always popular for Halloween and Christmas, but why are they popular? You know, people like to decorate outside they like to decorate their yards. They like to go all out. So, you know, the same thing can be true for um, like, uh, what are they called? They're door knock. I think they're door knockers or something like that. But they're the, they're not, you don't, you don't actually knock on the door with them, but they're like these little stuffed plush things. I'm actually getting ready to list. I'm actually getting ready to list a Hocus Pocus one that I sourced last year that is, um, it, it, it's a long story, but I'm, I held on to it for this year, right? So I held on to it for this year. So I think it's called a door knocker, but I, it's just the, the name is just slipping my mind right now. But those things are very popular. So because blow molds are popular, right? They, people put that stuff on their porch and outside and in their driveway and whatever. These things also tend to be popular where, you know, I didn't really learn about that from the leads group, but just kind of I stumbled upon them in Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever one day. Like, well, if these are selling for a lot of money, this is hocus pocus. So I wonder if these are selling for a lot of money. And sure enough, they were. So, you know, you get to kind of learn why, why is this thing selling for a lot? And maybe this thing over here that isn't part of the group. I haven't seen anything shared about this in the group, but maybe this would be too. And it kind of causes you to do more research, right? You want to like expand your knowledge and do more research into like other things. So 
another good example would be like the um star wars and uh what is the other one star wars and star wars star trek star trek yeah so like star wars star trek stuff even you know legos like why is this lego set selling for a lot and this lego set isn't and what other you know you can kind of expand on all of that so um, i hope that makes sense i know i'm like kind of rambling a little bit but it basically when you start to learn what leads are popular and why they're selling for a lot of money it kind of forces you to start looking at other items that maybe are like next to that item that was the lead or like a little bit further down the aisle if this one's popular why wouldn't this one be popular for me in the leads group not only was i learning how to source on my own i was learning where to source a lot of the leads were online leads. So when they were using tactical arbitrage, they were finding websites that had these items. And I learned so many websites out there that I had never heard before. And so now I can actually manually go to some of these sites and kind of see if they have clearance items, see if there's items that I can find that I know are going to be profitable. So not only are you learning what sells, but you're learning where things sell. And I think that's a lot of value. Time for another reseller toolbox segment. If you've ever thought, how do I know what to buy or what can I sell on Amazon? This group is for you. Every member shares at least one Bolo lead per month that is shared via Google Sheets, making it easy to use in store. The Retail Arbitrage Bolo group will save you endless hours of scanning products. On top of leads, you'll also get access to their amazing community of other Amazon sellers. Link to sign up in the description or show notes below. All right, so the next pro of being in a leads group would be a being able to learn from others who have different business models. They might have more experience. They might be kind of experts in a niche. Uh, all these people that are in the group, they all bring something of value to the group. Maybe somebody is really good at sourcing from Ross. And so they kind of know like how Ross works when they do their markdowns and they share that information with you. Someone could be really good at selling Legos. Like you just mentioned, Legos is a big thing. There's groups that are just Lego groups that they kind of show you how you, you can find retired sets, which, you know, how you figure out the value of the Legos, which ones are going to retire, where to buy them. So there's lots of different experts out there. Also, the different kind of business models. Casey and I do private label, which might, if you're listening, you might be like, I don't even know what that is. Like that could be very foreign to people. But if you're in those groups and somebody is more of an expert in in one of these business models, you can ask them questions. Or even if you're just selling and you have a question, maybe you have an item you don't know how to price, you know, what do you price it at? Like it's just an open place where you can ask questions and and learn from other people. All right. And the last pro that we have for you guys today is the accountability aspect. So it's kind of like having a bunch of accountability partners like built in to this group and you get them all at once. For me anyways, when I'm part of a group like that, like if I say I'm going to do something or if there's like a goal that we're trying to meet or like a listing challenge or something like that, I don't want to be the one that like drops the ball. Like I don't want to let them down. I don't want to have to admit that I slacked off that day, that I didn't accomplish my goal or that I didn't meet, you know, the number, like the minimum number for the listing challenge, whatever the case might be. I don't want to be that guy, you know? So um, it kind of pushes you a little bit and 
it's like it's like forced accountability sort of whether you want it or not it's there you know um i don't know what do you think about that i feel like it depends on how the group does that but a lot a lot of these like challenges that they would have in there it is holding you accountable because you don't want to let it, it's kind of like the group project in high school. Like you don't want to be the person that doesn't put in any effort and somebody else is doing all the work. A lot of times they will have people share leads. So maybe, you know, once a month you have to share a lead. Like you just, I don't know, for me, I never want to be a person that didn't contribute anything. But also with the accountability, it was motivating. So I knew that you know, every week there was that Zoom call. I didn't want to be the person that didn't show up and have them wonder, like, where is Liz? So that did hold me accountable with many things, not just with making sure that I was listing because we would always have the listing challenges every week. And if I said I was going to do 10 listings, I wanted to make sure that I my number showed that I did 10 listings. And if I said I was going to be on the call, I made sure that I was on the call. Because reselling, nobody holds you accountable. Like you are responsible for doing everything. It's not like you have a nine to five where you're going and you're clocking in and you're clocking out. Like reselling is way different. So the accountability aspect, I think, is a huge pro and just the motivation. All right. So let's talk about some of the cons of a leads group or bolo group. Uh, The first thing I think is definitely a con is going to be the sash the saturation of leads. And if somebody who's in a group says that leads will not get saturated, I think that's just not true. Um, You have to be realistic. Typically, you're not allowed to share leads outside of the group. But unfortunately, there is always that possibility that there might be somebody that's in the group that is in another group. And they might take that lead and they might share it with somebody else. So like the LeBron James cereal box, that was a lead that was shared. And we were fortunate enough to go out and get it before it got shared to other groups and shared on social media. And we were able to buy it, sell it and profit and get out. But realistically, leads are probably going to get saturated. And depending on how many people are in a group, I mean, just let's be real. If you are in a group with 500 people, not everybody is going to buy that lead. But what if half of them do? And you have something that you listed that there was only five listed, and then you check again, and now there's 250 listed. The value of that item is going to decrease. And that is just being truthful. That is a possibility and it can happen. Yeah. And, you know, like I mentioned before, with technology and the way that these groups are finding the leads, like the information has to come from somewhere. And unless they, I mean, even if they are going out and sourcing at Walmart or Target and like hand looking up manually every single item in like, let's say the toy aisle, you know, and then as they find something that's profitable, they're posting it as a lead. Uh, it's only a matter of time before that information is shared elsewhere. Someone else stumbles across the lead or they come across it, like we said, on tactical arbitrage. It's going to get posted elsewhere. Um, in the saturation, it does happen. Very rarely does it not happen. So that's something that you have to take into consideration if you're thinking about joining one of these groups is um, 
how quickly are you going to be able to hop on these leads? Are you going to be able to source them right away? Do you have the time to be able to do that? Do you have the funds to be able to do that? Because if you wait, you know, five, six days and then you go out and try to find this item, it might be too late at that point to make any kind of profit or you might end up holding on to that item for, you know, way too long before it sells for you. So that's definitely something that you're going to need to take into consideration, you know, before you join one of these groups, I would say. All right. So the next con that we have is that sometimes the people who run the groups, um, you know, whoever the admins are, the owners of the group, whatever, they might be putting out less quality leads just for the sake of putting out leads. So, so uh, you know, Liz and I are obviously, we're people who have, you know, we have this podcast, we're producing content for you guys. We do not make like money off of this. Like we have nothing to sell you guys. There is an incredible amount of pressure to put out good, valuable, quality information, but there's also an incredible amount of, pe- of pressure to put out a certain quantity of information for you guys as well. And like I said, we're not making, we're not charging you guys for this. We're not making money. So imagine if we were charging you guys like 50 bucks a month or a hundred bucks a month or something like that, the pressure would be even more insane, right? To put out a ton of content, uh, um, products, like whatever, a ton of value to help you guys. So if you're, if someone's charging for information, there's an incredible amount of pressure on them. So it might seem like they're providing a great deal of leads to this group, but those leads might not be of the highest standard. They might not be the best quality in terms of like saturation, um, sell-through rate, ROI, etc. So that's something that you're going to want to like check out as well. As far as this goes, there's real no way. You can't just like ask the admin like, hey, are you going to put out shit leads because you feel the the pressure of like producing content? And like, of course, they're going to say no. But um, the only way to kind of realize that this is happening is to observe it happening after a while. So it's just, you know, again, something to be on the lookout for. I would also ask before joining, like, how do they find the leads? Like, who is finding the leads? What is their background with finding leads? Because That's a lot of these leads groups are using the tactical arbitrage. So who is running that software? I, to me, that would be very important. Does a person understand how the software works? Because that software is very time consuming to run all the searches constantly and then have to check back. I tried it for a couple months and it was very time consuming. So who is the person on the back end? That would be very important to me. And also how many leads are going out? Like you said, you start in a group and let's say they promise you 10 leads a day. Like maybe they might get to the point where they realize that's a lot of leads and it's hard to find leads. So then they do end up putting out leads that are crap. I think it is important to look at the leads that are being put out and if they're not working for you, then maybe that's not the group that you should be in. So making sure that they have the rules posted within the group, that they're very clear, make sure that there's consequences for when things happen. So what happens if somebody takes a lead from within the group and shares it outside of the group? Maybe they shared it in a different leads group. Maybe they shared it on their social media. So I would want to be in a group where if it does happen, they're called out. Like the proof is there. Like you can take a snapshot of their social media. Like, hey, that was supposed to be for in the group and you shared it outside of the group. 
you're now kicked out. Like there should be clear rules. And sometimes it happens and people just get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And, you know, like what if there's a situation like amongst like group members, you know, there there has to be rules in place. It cannot just be a free for all. That's basically what we're saying. It can't be a free for all. There has to be like a code of conduct, something that people can abide by within these groups. Otherwise, you're going to find very, very quickly that leads are being shared outside of the group. There is there aren't any consequences. So why wouldn't they? You know, they want people want to be the ones with information to share and like be the hero, right? So if they come across a hot lead within the group and they can share it with like five of their friends, you know, and then those five friends might share it with five other people before you know it, that lead is going to tank. So there has to be some kind of consequence when the rules are broken. The next con that we have for you guys is um, the people that run the group. You want to make sure that they're staying present within the group. Um, if you know they start a group and they start to see a lot of memberships come in and like a lot of money coming in from these memberships, it has been you know like it could happen that they start to like take a back seat and let other people kind of run the show that they hire out or something like that. You want to find a group that the people who are um, running it, that are the face of the group, that they are present and they're giving value because that's why, that's most likely why you've bought into the group in the first place because of them and their success and what they have to offer, not the admins, you know, behind the scenes that they're paying to run tactical arbitrage and whatever. You're paying for their expertise. So a lot of this, you know, kind of like before what we mentioned, um, you're not going to find out about this until you're already in the group. Um, but what you should be able to do is talk to other group members. Like if you're thinking about joining one of the groups, it's not difficult to figure out who else is in the group that you're interested in joining or ask the admin, you know, I would like to get some feedback from some other group members. Would you mind like having them reach out to me or is it okay if I reach out to them and ask them some questions? Could you give me some of their names? And that should not be a problem if they're running a good group and they're doing what they say that they're doing. Um, And just, you know, asking some good questions and trying to figure out how present the people that you're buying into are in that group. I think that's very important because if you're, you know, if you're paying a decent amount of money every month and, the reality of the group is that they're hiring out people um, outside of the United States for, you know, $79, an hour to run these softwares to get the leads. And they're sending a spreadsheet back to that, you know, back to the group owners. And that's what they're posting. You're you're overpaying and you're not paying for the expertise of the people within the group that you were you're, you're being sold on. Basically, I have experience with that. We bought Kevin David's private label course way back in 2016 and it was a thousand dollars but with that you got access to like his super private facebook group and when we joined at first he was present he was doing live streams he was always there to answer questions you could tell it was him but after he started making so much money for the courses he figured out i can outsource it and i can have a virtual assistant come in and answer these questions and and he hired somebody else to do the lives and he just was nowhere to be found anymore. And that's when I was like, I'm going to leave this group because I'm just not getting the value anymore. Like it just seemed like he didn't care. I think that is really important. If you feel like you're not getting value, it's okay to leave these groups too. So keep that in mind. 
and just make sure because they are pretty expensive. Some of them are $50, some of them are $75, some of them are $100. But think about if you're paying that money every single month and you're not getting value, think about all the inventory you could buy with that money then. You know, so you just have to figure out if you're not getting your value, just leave the group and maybe it's time to find a different one. I do know that Nikki Kirk, she did a YouTube video comparing four different online arbitrage leads groups. It's a little older video, but she had people, not her, but she had other people that work with her go into these groups and she really kind of assessed, are they worth it? Were the leads good? You know, what kind of value were people getting from it? So that's another thing you could also do is look on YouTube or social media and see what other people are saying about the groups. And the last thing we have, which is a con of these groups, information being shared that is inaccurate that could potentially put your selling account at risk. So who is sharing this information and where are they getting in their where are they getting their information? Is it a VA that pretty much is just going to the internet and asking a question and getting an answer there and then putting it in the group? Or is it somebody who genuinely has had experience with a situation? So yeah, this is probably the biggest one for me. So just because one person has had success in breaking a certain rule doesn't mean that you're going to have the same amount of success in breaking that rule and there won't be consequences for you. So bad advice is just plain old bad advice. You know, you can't get around it. You want to find a group that has integrity, operates with integrity, and they're not going to like, you know, like what Liz was saying, just because you trust someone and you're giving them money doesn't mean that they're always going to be putting out um, the most accurate, um, truthful information possible. So I will give you guys an example of something that I experienced myself. All right. So there was someone in a group that I was in and they were um, not brand new to selling sneakers, but they were kind of on the newer side. They'd been doing it for, I don't know, maybe six months a year. And they came across um, a pair of sneakers that they were unsure of the authenticity so they had purchased them, I think, in a lot of of sneakers or something. And they had asked the group what their opinion was on the authenticity of these sneakers. So we were all kind of like going back and forth and helping this person research. And um, one of the leaders of this group kind of reached out privately to this person and said, listen, man, it doesn't matter. Just list them and sell them. Like, just get them out of your inventory. You know, it's it's not a big deal. But they were listing them on eBay and eBay, obviously over, you know, whatever the dollar amount is. I don't remember. I think it's over a hundred bucks or something. They have the authenticity guarantees. So they would have been sent there. So he's like, well, what if I send them and they don't go, like they don't qualify, like they get back, they get sent back as inauthentic. He's like, ah, it doesn't really matter. Like you're allowed like one or two of those or it was something like that. Like he just kind of made it seem like it wasn't that big of a deal where it absolutely is like just because you've squeaked by before in selling inauthentic items doesn't mean that this person who just kind of started out in selling like they just found their niche they found what they're passionate about they found what they love to source and sell it doesn't mean that they're going to have the same success in breaking the rules that you've had before and that's just it's just not right it just is not right and it gives people a be- it leaves a bad taste in their mouth it gives resellers a bad name and you don't want to like you don't want to be the one that's caught selling inauthentic items it's a very 
um, important to make sure that you're doing things the right way with integrity. You guys know that I get up on my soapbox about this whole integrity thing, but it's such a it's such an important thing. And I know that, you know, there's probably some people that are rolling their eyes about it, but it, it will come back to bite you in the ass eventually. Like that's that's all it is, you know? So making sure that you're hitching your wagon to the right person, I cannot stress it enough, is paramount to your success in being a reseller. If you hitch your wagon to the wrong person and they're teaching you scammy tactics and it's fine to sell inauthentic things and this is how you beat the system this is how you scam this it's going to catch up to you eventually mark my words it will all right guys that's a wrap on today's episode thank you so much for listening to the paycheck today check reselling podcast anything we mentioned in this episode will be linked down below in the show notes or description down below be sure to share this episode with anyone you think it will help and follow us on social media at p2d podcast thanks again for listening keep working towards that day check